and welcome to our episode of the Nintendo Tam Podcast. I am Trevor Sad. Joining me today is Warrior Will. Can you believe that we're already in June already? No. It's like, it was only literally last week that we were in May, and like now, boom, we're already in June right now, and we're pretty much in the depth, well, going into summer, and now next week is going to be, well, supposed to be E3, but now we're going to Summer Games Fest. <laughs> uh, time's going by so quickly. Screw you, Geoff Keighley. <laughs> you will not get any of my money. I'm serious. Uh, also here is Skullkit Scott. On the other hand, I wish I had Jeff Keighley money. Well, ah. no one doubts when he gets money. I just, <laughs> he's so annoying sometimes. And, <laughs> and we all know he t he personally uh, harpooned E3 to kill it. Like, so he can be the dominant force in the gaming industry between Summer Game Fest and the Game Game Awards. We all know your plot, Jeff Keighley. Why don't we have, you know, everyone looking into his monopoly instead of all these other supposedly non-monopolies? Because, <laughs> because he's because it's Joff Keeley and surely he wouldn't do anything bad to us. Yes, he would. Yes, he would. Open your eyes. His his reign of terror will end eventually, but it just won't be this summer. So, you've been warned. Now, sadly, not here tonight is Falco Five. So I got some good news and some bad news. The bad news is is that obviously she's not here. Which you can tell because she's not trying to cut me off right now. Uh, the good news, she died happy. So, dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to honor the memory of Falco Five. Last week, I partook in a two-hour journey, and I am not kidding about that. <laughs> <laughs> two-hour journey to get faith off of the tutorial island in breath of the wild and i succeeded and i was dang tired after that and i took a nap that's also canon by the way um so she went and started exploring hyrule as best she could with the time that she had and she told us all that she had one mission to find a horse and register it and Bless her heart, she got one. Actually, she got one like a lot faster than I did because I was like well into the game before I finally caught a horse. So props to you, Faith. But yeah, she caught a horse. Tends to happen. <laughs> no, just, I ate the first time. I couldn't just get the dang horse. Then I couldn't find a dang horse. And at one point, I finally had a sneaky elixir, and I found the uh, there's a side quest to get Zelda's horse. And I'm like, screw it, I'm getting that horse, and I did. But anyway, focusing on Faith. Long, long may she reign in peace. Uh, or rest in peace, whatever. So she finally got a horse, and then I had to help her find a stable because she didn't understand certain things about getting to the stable, which, shock. Um, and she registered it, and soon after, she passed. So, Faith, we will always remember you for... Um, let's see, what, should, what can we remember her for? Well, being a Nintendo fan, but not knowing certain things about Nintendo's history. Oh, your beautiful use of wow. <laughs> Uh, when we insulted you, which is all the time. Uh, don't worry, we insulted Tyler more. <laughs> I mean, he's he's lost in the multiverse. At least Faith is at peace. Tyler's just wandering. So going to all the different Sonic dimensions. Yes, and and complaining about the NBA and every single one of them. He somehow <laughs> has internet signal to keep tweeting, even though he's lost in the multiverse. I don't get it, but maybe he's an Archie Sonic. Everything happens there. So. <laughs> Faith. Everything's canon. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh yeah, it's it's true. Um, it, even Spawn, Spawn is canon in, in Archie Sonic. But Faith, may you rest in peace. And I hope 
that in whatever afterlife you are in, that there are horses. Beautiful, beautiful horses with you. And if not, well then, sorry, it sucks to be you. <laughs> <laughs> no, she just had to, she had to be away today, so it was just fine. She's like, will you carry on? Can you carry on without me? And I'm like, well, let me think about it. Uh, <laughs> we've done like how many episodes without you? I mean, I'm the host. I can run the show by myself. But I didn't want to tell her that, obviously. So I'm like, oh, we'll make do. We'll 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 make it work, you know. If they like, you know, you gotta, you gotta make her feel important, you know. It's 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 a thing. So I told her we were insulting her all episode. She's like, "Oh, I bet you are." Now, I'm just fulfilling my promise, Faith. I'm just fulfilling my promise. So she'll be back next week, hopefully. And yes, she really did get a horse. It was a thing. Okay, I have to tell the I have to tell the stable story though. All right. So she messages me and she goes, "Todd, I got a horse." I'm like, "Great." And she goes, I can't register it. I'm sorry, I, I can't register it. I'm like, what do you mean you can't register it? Well, I brought it to Lookout Landing, but that stable ain't working. I'm like, that's a side quest. You have to do that later. Just go to another stable. Like, where? Like, <laughs> and I so I, and that's a fair question. You know, you don't naturally know. I remember, she didn't play Breath of the Wild, so she mm -hmm. wouldn't have a general a knowledge. So I'm like, follow this path toward the Rito area. The stable's right there. And she's like, where's that? I'm like, crap. So I took a picture, and I showed her where to go. And then she brings up her map, which does not have any of the Skyview towers unlocked. Uh, oh, and yep. she goes, "Well, I can't go there, Todd. It's it's not visible." I'm like, "Oh no!" Yeah, <laughs> I kid not. She said that. she totally said that. She goes, "I can't go there, Todd. It's blocked up." Like, no, no, Faith. It's it's just not visible. You can't. You you can go there, but you have to use the Skyview towers to unlock it. And she goes, "Oh." So I'm like, "Follow this path. You'll find the stable." Message me if you have any problems. And I'm like waiting. I'm waiting <laughs> for the text to come. And thankfully, I saw a tweet later that she registered it and she was all happy. So, you know, good for her. But it's like. <sighs> She's basically that grandma. Like, how do you open yeah. the internet? Oh, uh, what's this Wi Fi symbol? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I feel like that. I'm sorry, babe. Is that, I got it. Todd, what's the password? Like, it's the password is password. Is that uppercase or lowercase? I hear it matters. So, <laughs> thankfully, she's not that bad, but she's like, I can't go there. It's blocked up. No, Faith. I mean, we've talked about this. We've talked about how open the game is and how you can just do whatever the heck you want at any given point. And yeah, she's like, no, I can't go there. Like, yeah, you can. <laughs> you, you can go there quite easily. I would know. <clears throat> so, ah. <sighs> And I'm not kidding about that that nap after the tutorial island thing. A, she wasn't even close to where she told me she was before. And I'm like, where the heck are you? So I went to the island just to find out where she was. <laughs> and I had to walk her through just to get to the end of the island. Uh, it, it, it took a lot out of me. And I'm like, there were so many times where I was like, no, Faith, I didn't tell you to do that. And or she'll like stop and randomly do something I'm like no faith you you can skip that just keep going no I gotta do this Todd I gotta do this like and, and then she kept saving just to make sure she didn't like mm -mm -mm. die and I'm like you know that's actually probably not a bad idea and then she kept like saving multiple times like you don't need to save now I'm just I promise you okay the best part and I want uh, you guys to think back to the tutorial island okay so you get uh out of the fourth temple. Uh -huh. And you can use the use the gliders for the first time, right? Right, yeah. right, right. Right. So I'm telling her how to use the glider. It's not rocket science. It's a glider. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, just got 
guide it a little bit, and you'll go right to the temple time. Land in the water. And she goes, okay, I got this. She didn't have it. She did not have it at all. Okay, first time she just overshot. It's it's fine. It, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a balancing thing. The second time she went to, uh, like, the wrong body of water, and I'm watching her the whole time. Like, no, that, not there. Not that one that she falls off the glider. The third time, she's like, okay, Todd, I got this. And this is 100% true. Faith will back me up on this. She she goes, uh, I, I got this. So I'm like, okay, fine. So I cross my arms, and I just wait for her to do it. So she's guiding it. She's she's heading towards the Temple of Time. And then she falls off the glider, and splat! Uh. <laughs> it's bad. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you still, you still have that face. She goes, shut up, Todd. <laughs> so... Eventually, on her fifth try, she finally got into the water near the Temple of Time, and she, she was able to uh, get get into Hyrule. And I'm like, you're welcome, Faith. You're now in the realm of Hyrule. And then she died. No, I'm just joking. That, that, no, that was that one was lost. You can now play the game. <laughs> it's like, she's finally there! Struck by lightning. No. Uh, that would have been my luck, to be honest with you. But yes, she is. So after this entire experience, we decided to come up with an idea where we're going to start a new Twitch channel together called Todd Guides Faith Kinda Listens. <laughs> yeah. So she'll be playing the games as I'm trying to guide her and you will witness the frustration when she just doesn't listen to her big brother. It's like <sighs> I got do this, do this. No. Oh, like Not you this. essentially had to like backseat or guide her. But like no no I gotta do this. I gotta do this. Yep. What's this? What's this? Like just can yep. you follow my instructions? I it mean was, I'll give you really like that. that is a great test of patience. It was it was it was oh my gosh, my patience was legendary. And by that I mean not at all. Uh I was I was I, I was I wasn't angry with her, but it's just like I'm telling her to do something and she's like doing like either the opposite or she's just doing it wrong. And obviously it's harder just trying to tell a person what to do when you like you know how it works and like you know you know the sweet spots and how it feels. You know, that's just natural. But it's just like I'm telling her to do something and she like overdoes it, underdoes it, or just does something completely opposite. I tell her to look left and she looks right. I kid you not, that happened. I'm like, look left. Left, <laughs> left, and she goes, "Oh, that left. There's only one left. <laughs> the other left. <laughs> the other, other, other left. <laughs> Two wrongs don't make a right, but three rights make a left. <laughs> Barely on parents' reference. So, for the record, we're, we are a Nintendo podcast. I'm not just ragging on my little sister here. It's just I had to tell the story, and I promised to make fun of her all podcasts. So again, just living up to my familial promise. So there you go." Ah, I feel better now. I could tell Faith is screaming as she's listening to this. So, and she said, oh, "I'm gonna listen to it tonight once you go live." I'm like, "Oh, go ahead." <laughs> All the ammo I needed. So, now that I'm done ragging on Faith for now, uh, we will get on with the show because we have a very interesting show for you tonight. Starting with, what have you been playing? Oh, I know what I've been playing. I've been playing Faith. Listen to me, gosh dang it! <laughs> yes, obviously most of we, we've been playing Tears of the Kingdom, but I'm sure some of the guys have been playing something else. So let's start with Scott this week. How about you? Alrighty. So my uh, big game I've been playing is actually one that the review just went up, but it's called Loop Eight: Son <clears throat> of the yeah, Gods. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, say that again. Say that again. We'll. Re- Will's reaction on the road. Control your reactions, Will. Gosh dang it. It's Loop 8 Summer of the Gods. Interesting title. And it's an interesting game, honestly. Um, 
I will say that the game is basically carried, though, on its visuals, music, and characters, because the gameplay itself is almost non-existent at times. <laughs> so, wait, hold on. I'm asking Asa, so is it, like, a visual novel, or...? So, they combined, like, a dating simulator with <laughs> a turn-based RPG. Okay, The good news, on. though, is you can date anyone. Not just the other opposite gender. You can date even the ten-year-old who goes there for whatever. Hey, wait, wait. FBI, open up. Uh, I did not date the ten-year-old, but that also resulted in the ten-year-old's death. But wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I am getting like very bad messages here. You can date the ten-year-old. That's horrible. She dies if you don't. That's worse. <laughs> yeah. Who makes so... these games? <laughs> it's kind of funny though. Um... You're laughing at the death of a ten-year-old. It was yeah. for me personally. It was an accident. <laughs> oh, so you only accidentally killed a ten-year-old? This is not getting exactly. better, Scott. <laughs> so basically, the premise of the game is the end of the world is nigh, and you are its only defense against the Kegai, which are like demons from the underworld mm. coming up and trying to take over mm. the Earth. And the way you do that is by building up your relationship and your bonds with the people on the island, which there isn't a lot because you know end of the world. <laughs> But there are some people who are alive. Including can, a 10-year-old that you can including kill. Including a 10-year-old who you can, you can uh, kill by accident. Or because, date, which is totally right, apparently. Yeah, totally. totally. Basically, based on your relationship standing or based on how uh, much you interact with people, we'll decide if when the Kegai does kidnap that person, you defeat the Kegai who, take, who takes over the person, if it will allow you to save the person or if when you have to kill the Kegai with the person. Okay, okay, okay. Like a whole situation. Gotcha, so gotcha. it's mainly boss battles. There are some little like, um, there's not random battles, but you can engage in other battles to get per to get temp to get other permanent buffs for characters in your party. But there's not a lot of fights because of that. The dating simulator and like the discussion and the wandering around town is about eighty percent of the game. Ah, uh, okay, okay. And the worst part about it is there is no run button, and you cannot skip through dialogue. Oof, but oof. there is a fast forward button so you can fast forward through the dialogue but it's not nearly as fast as i want it to be but because of the whole loop a thing if you do fail by not killing the kegai or if you do just die um and the kegai will eventually take over the world you get reset to the first day that your person land on an earth because the premise of your person whose name is uh, nini is they have been in space for the last like 20 years and that, or I guess more like 15 years, because he's 16 years old. Okay, uh, this this is getting so weird. I'm it is it is so weird, <laughs> but it was definitely not, it was definitely not the game I was expecting when I saw the trailers. Okay, <laughs> I, I will admit though that a 16 year old dating a 10 year old is less weird because the way you were framing it before made it sound like this was an adult dating a 10 year old. Nah, so, you know it's it's context, I suppose, but still it's still weird. It's if, still weird. If, again, if you don't date her, she dies. Like that's not nice. That's mean. <laughs> It's not nice at all. Um, but yeah, so you come back from the space station to Earth because apparently the Kegai are attacking the space station, so that didn't actually save people by going to space. Which, that that's that's a terrifying thought to think about, though. Imagine mm. trying to leave Earth because you want to get rid of, like, you know, the demons of the underworld trying to kill all humanity, and then they follow you to space. <laughs> Jeez. And so they decide, you know what, space wasn't all that safe. Let's go back to Earth. <laughs> and so the only like places that are really i mean kind of safe from these kegai are the japanese islands like all the like, the variety of like rural ones ah, okay, okay, because okay. they are like 
protected from their deities and their shrined gods. And so the Kagai have to go through them before they can get to humanity kind of a deal. And you're constantly getting buffed and boosted from these gods because they want you to kill the Kagai because they don't want the world taken over. Which I think is a good, you know, good thing of the gods. Good on their part. Actually help the people who are being attacked by demons. Hmm. The only problem is it's still like the last vestige of humanity. So they could have probably done better earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you fail, it goes back to a loop and you have to redo the whole thing again. But the good news of that is you get all of your stats the same. Um, but your relationships and your conversations go back to zero, which means you have to redo all the conversations all over again. So every single R time. So basically, it's an RPG with a roguelike in a sense. Yeah, actually, it, it's a lot like a roguelike because it also randomizes who gets um, taken over by the Kega each time it resets. Wow, that's baseline. How dare you mock her in death? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, you you are you have to basically just understand how um like the little telltale signs of who gets kidnapped, so that you can find out which Kegai to attack. They they're all the same. I mean, they're not all the same Kegai, but based on who they kidnap, it is still going to be the same Kegai based on who they kidnap. So regardless if they're different in the chain, as long as this person gets kidnapped in the beginning, then that will be the same boss that you fought the last loop who kidnapped that person. So you'll figure out how to beat them that way, but. The best way to beat um, like bosses in, in the underworld is just to work on the party, the, your party member relationships with not just you, but also the person they kidnapped. Which also means um, if you do not, if you're not doing too well, you have to go back to a previous save point to then have that person then interact with the other person to get their buffs up. <clears throat> which can be a bit convoluted because you can't really redo fights and grind. You have to go back to like previous days, which means you have to do a lot of save spots. So you can go back to those previous days. Because wow. the autosave literally is like after every screen. So the autosave is kind of, it's good if you like you lost something, but it's bad if you want to go back to say like two days ago. Mm, okay, so you have to do okay. a lot of manual save spots. But I will say it, it's a very, in, like all the characters are really like enjoyable to learn about. And they're really well designed. Like everything just looks gorgeous. So even though it's like the game itself is not that good, the, the like everything surrounding the gameplay is fantastic which is not something I was really expecting. I was hoping this game would actually be a good game, but it was more like, watch a Let's Play, and you'll see everything that it has to offer. <laughs> mm, okay, okay. So, you kind of don't want to play this game over and over. Yeah, like, it, like again, the, the loop itself, like the cycle loop of, of like that game and the roguelike is just like, it, it's not like comparable to like, I don't know, for example, like Hades. Like, at least you get the stats and like, you get something new after each loop and, like sure yeah. you keep the stats but the fact you gotta do like everything resets you go back to zero with the relationships like all that work going to the waste and you gotta do this again is like yeah kind of yeah just discourages you a little bit yeah i'm not a big roguelike fan i'm really not i've only played a few in my life including some for a qa company i worked for um but like half the point is that it needs to like draw you into each like we'll give a perfect example with Hades but if you don't or like Rogue Legacy like where you play the air every time yeah like that's a meaningful loop because it's like oh what's this new air going to give me you know like that's meaningful like yours just doesn't feel that way it no feels, it, it feels like more of a chore it was a bit of, yeah it's definitely a chore and there's no run button and you have to like walk to these areas and your person is not very fast 
That's just tedious. So yeah, and and there's a time mechanic which doesn't help the person the point that your person walks really slow. And so you need to like go to set different locations within different time periods, which I mean you can plan for that, which is okay. But at the same time, I kind of wish there was a run button so that I wasn't like walking. There is a fast travel system, but then you miss a lot of like the shrines and the character interactions that you kind of want by just fast traveling everywhere. So it's it's kind of like all these mechanics are in place, but also they mess up with other mechanics in the term of its gameplay loop. Which is kind of like the problem of this game in general, is there's a lot of things they try to do, but it, because they try to do something this way, it ruins the other thing they're trying to do. There's a lot of creativity in and how they wanted to implement this game, but that creativity kind of stifles the enjoyment of the game itself. <clears throat> yep, that sounds pretty bad. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, even it's like if it has like that visual, it's just like the fact that it plays like mechanically wise, just so much could be like an obvious solution to that um, mechanic and loop is yeah, sounds like a budget title. Great visuals, but very budgeted. So I feel like yeah. it's definitely <clears throat> only will appear to the niche ones, niche audience. It's definitely, yeah, I know a lot of the JRPG fans who are hyped up for this game are not as hyped up anymore because a lot of the reviews are in the same vein as me. <laughs> Where it's like, the game itself is not that fun, but everything surrounding it is fantastic. <laughs> it has good voice acting, it has a good art aesthetic, it has really nice and well-done animations, cinematic cutscenes. It has a 10-year-old that you can kill by not dating. <laughs> that was an accident, dang it, and I still feel guilty to the stake because it stopped me from getting the best ending. Ah, Because so the best fun. ending is if you get everyone to survive the day. Uh -uh. Or I guess the month. You have a month of protecting the world from the Kigai. And to get the best ending, you have to have everyone survive it. Okay, so I got did a max. not realize that was going to be the ending. So I was just like, oh, it's only one person dead. It's fine. I'll just make sure no one else dies in my run. So and I did. I made sure everybody survived, mm -hmm. except for the 10-year-old. <laughs> so basically, you had to go full on max social, like everybody, a la Persona, yep. persona style, to get that best Except ending as a requirement. <laughs> if you try to max out the relationship stat, they will uh, kidnap you and make you end the game. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was not prepared for. I lost some uh, time because of that. Uh, because you try to, like, I was trying to romance this one person so I could get their stats all the way up so they so I could get more, like, of their boosts. And then they kidnapped me and killed me. And I was like, oh, oh, this is dark. <laughs> because they killed me, then the K guy came and killed the world. So, you know. <laughs> that was their fault. I just want to move on now. Like... <laughs> yeah, because I'm going to talk topic on the Zen podcast. Hey, yeah, that? yeah, that's yeah. That, 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 that's enough about Loop 8. Yeah. Unless you want to read the review and look at the great images and don't read anything else. I'm good. <laughs> well... Talk. Uh, for me, like as my, my adventures on Tears of the Kingdom, I have been uh, basically exploring the entire depths. I have of, aside from my first initial meeting with Koga, I have went to the um, the Gerudo uh, under, underground caverns. So I managed to go and unlock the uh, the Gerudo mining um, mining site. So yeah, now I have like three major sites: Central Gerudo and also the Laneru. Um, uh, Zora mining as, uh, site as well. So I'm basically just basically filling out the map of Zora devs. And uh, also, like, I, I take it everyone has been at least trying to, um, the, the their own personal creation, like, for example, the air, the air motorbike. And yeah, I gotta say, the air motorbike 
hard to try to get that perfect balance when you're like <laughs> doing them the two fans and one steering wheel I'm, I'm not sure if you guys have done that i've but, seen it i know what you're talking about yeah like but that motorbike air motorbike is a very good you just have to just fi- have to try to find <clears> that <throat> perfect balance that's all it just master the ultra hand <laughs> <laughs> yes but yeah the hover bike has definitely saved me a lot of time just traveling the the um, the depths and just mining up that so right now and also just um, mining up the the zonite uh minerals to get like a full bar and like now i'm like actually like um a bo- full bar and two plus energy cells eight plus energy cells if i remember correctly so yeah i'm just also uh, upgrading on that stat but yeah i've got the master sword i've basically been just doing everything aside from the main temples aside from that one hidden temple in the in the storm islands but it, again it's it's huge and oh yeah oh, but actually one of my uh, fit, uh recent achievements is actually i faced the gliok and you break yeah um, I, I thought they would be a bit more intimidating and frankly they are I, and I'll, i actually got epona killed once uh, i had to reload the save but uh the gliok's aren't too bad as long as you one pack a lot of bombs have some arrows and yeah you just gotta like know their attack times i like when i faced off the the thunder gliok of the coliseum is just yeah you just gotta use the ascend and like watch watch his attacks so overall the glyphs aren't too uh fearsome i mean unless they're lionels lionels are still always fearsome there there were minor bosses but yeah so that and also been collecting the korok seeds and again to think there's one thousand korok seeds in this game yeah, <laughs> I'm fine with not finding them all. Like that's legit. I know absolutely. <laughs> and to they think can pe- stay where they are. To think that people Gerard will have will be going through that t- t- torture of finding one thousand Koroxes. Like, okay, I just gotta find a little bit, just enough to improve my weapon stash, and that's it. Because that's really all you need: the weapon stash and maybe a bit of the bone shield. But that's just about it. We won't but, see that video for a year. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, overall, I've also finished up the, the glyphs. I've seen all the memories, uh, just like that one missing memory, like number 11, I think. So I think that's part of the main story. So see how you like that. But overall, my adventures in Tears of the Kingdom, I'm already beyond 100 hours now. So I could all. I'm still like getting through. And once I probably will be going to get through the, um, the main temples as soon as I can. But another game I've also been magic go back into is of course recently the new season of Splatoon 3 with and yeah actually uh i'm back down to, to my s rank i need to get back up to x plus to get my x x rank backs yeah i had to go back to back to where the people are <laughs> and um like the updates yeah we'll talk more in the news but basically like the updates new weapons all that i it's good to be back in the new season. And of course, naturally, with the whole fist bumping at the end of it, I always managed to get two fist bumps prior podcast. And it just feels so good. Like, yeah, top two. That's right. Fist bump. Oh, yeah. Eat it. <laughs> and yeah, it's a very fun. Just that sense of ego boosting, if anything else. So yeah, as for two and three, new season, very fun. That by all means, you got to be checking out. And uh, of course, naturally, continue with Fire Emblem Heroes uh, with the leg- new legendary banner of Legendary Hinoka. And yeah, Legendary Hinoka, solid unit, great support by all means. If you, if you want to go and spark her, by all means, uh, do so. But of course, naturally, we're going to be getting a Fade channel soon here in, in this month, as well as po- uh, 
we're going to the summer battle, which I know Todd probably is like staring at me with eyes of disgust right now. So here's hoping that maybe it's controlled, maybe it's tame. Or what, oh, come on, what we're talking about? This intelligence system, of course. They yeah, got it going. This is, yeah, this is, this is, hey, this is, we, we know what's coming. We know, <laughs> we know what is coming. Ooh, phrasing. Uh, we know what will arrive soon enough. <laughs> you got to go with that, that switch of mentality now. <laughs> yeah. Let's just be honest. If they can make it dirty, they will. Like we were making jokes about the ten-year-olds earlier. Like they've done that in Fay, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, true. Tell true. me I'm wrong. Exactly. You can't. So that's why I'm the host. Moving on. So as for me, I have put up my Tears of the Kingdom review. Uh, at my time of posting, I was over uh, fifty hours in the game. I think I was actually closer to sixty, but it doesn't matter. But, and as I noted in my review, I played the 50 hours, but I did not beat the main story. And you honestly don't need to. Like, as we've noted now for, what was this, three podcasts now? Yeah? Three podcasts. The game is so expansive, you just do what the heck you want in it. You just have fun in it, and then you just see where it, it takes you. Or if you're Faith, you get stuck on the tutorial island for two for two weeks until your big brother comes and bails you out! It's, <laughs> it was so much, Scott. It was just so much. The nap was not enough. I was still exhausted afterwards. Anyway, um, but yes, I, I in my review, I gave it a 4.5 out of 5, and I feel that's justified. I can understand why people gave it a perfect score. I, I can, but much like with Breath of the Wild, I think they're ignoring the things that kind of hold it back even if they're like simple annoyances but those annoyances build up over time like i was watching uh the honest trailer for tears of the kingdom which was incredibly tame which just goes to show how good it is that the honest trailer did not bash it that much but in the game small spoiler you get they basically the spirits of four heroes to help you fight the demon king and when you're out into the field they appear next to you so that you can use them in battle or to you know traverse or destroy certain things etc etc it's so easy to accidentally activate them as you're doing your thing it's so annoying like i'm or when you're trying to unlock one of them they all move and like then they get out they get out of the way i'm like no i need you over here happens (laughs) all the time so annoying uh koroks also annoying. Who thought it'd be a good idea to, <coughs> hey, I'm going to carry a Korok a couple hundred feet away from the position that I am going to just so I can get two dang Korok seats. And honestly, unlike in Breath of the Wild, I don't feel the need to have as much space before you needed it because you were breaking through weapons like nothing, nobody's business. But with a fusion, it helps endurance, especially if mm-hmm. you give like certain uh, items to them. Like, they last longer. So all I need is like 10 slots full of nicely fused weapons, which I have plenty of attachment parts because the uh, monsters I face, and I don't need to worry about it. Shields are kind of annoying because you, you do get upgrades all the time. Same with bows, but eventually you find your good rhythm. You don't need the Koroks anymore, so I'm like, I'm not going to go and do these dang Koroks. Like, <laughs> grow up. Um, the story is good. I I, I, I won't spoil it much. Uh, there was this big twist that I got last week uh, after completing all of the geoglyphs and i'm like holy crap ah uh, yeah 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 and then there was a and I, oh, I won't spoil it it redefines the opening sequence of the game or sorry re, 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 rewind it redefines the sequence where you go to hyrule i don't know if you if you remember it well but 
when that certain thing happens, it's redefined because of what we find out later. So, um, rewatch it if you need to. But I liked how bold they are going. Um, Ganon is a total boss. Um, I, I, again, sorry, Ganondorf is a total boss. I like how they <laughs> interpreted him. There is one thing, though. I don't know why they did this, but there is a key scene where Ganondorf basically gets a superpower, and he does this smile and laugh. Like, oh, that meme face. I see in it. I see it. It's like, like, he was so like perfectly animated before that all of a sudden he does like almost this comedy like uh fake laugh and like makes... that cheshire like ah, yeah and like that wide grin laughing smile it's like, so weird like again and before this or certain other scenes he comes off as so intimidating you know serious face and all of a sudden he smiles and it's like uh like if you like you pull your cheeks back as you smile and you know it's just it's so awkward i'm like how did they leave that in and i know some people are justifying it but I'm like no um there there are other things that i did find annoying again it's really more of a cu- accumulation of small things which is a good thing in and of itself because it's not like a big issue like the temples are fine i thought not just getting to the temples was clever, but how they are comprised is clever. And they also made sure that they are unique bosses versus just the, the spawn of Calamity Ganon, which I know a lot of people had a problem with in the last game. Um, the depths, the Sky Islands, they are incredible. Uh, I will, uh, oh my gosh, the, the Gloom Hands, though. I've mm. had to face them and versions of Phantom Ganon twice yep, yep, yep. to do something. And I'm just like, that sucks. It's just totally sucks. And like I accidentally left left one gloom hand alive because I'm like, okay, I can just pick it off right now. Then all of a sudden a whole bunch of them pop up. I'm like, no, I blew you straight to heck. How dare you respawn? Um oh, oh yeah, that was the other thing. The damage you take. And yes, I know that you're supposed to get the great fairies and upgrade your armor, but sometimes game I I'm finally now getting to the great fairies. And they are annoying to get. All right, with the whole musicians thing, okay, which, was, okay, yeah, which yeah. was not a requirement in Breath of the Wild. So you're telling me between Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, they suddenly become music lovers, and now they will only <laughs> help you if you get these very specific instruments that you have to travel all over Hyrule just to get. Like, really? Mean. <laughs> the fact that, yeah, like, uh, in the first game, you only had to pay a fee to yeah. open up, open up. Like, oh, just pay me a fee. And they just grab your rupees out of your hands. Like, hey, okay, exactly. fine. That's simple <laughs> enough. Just pay a fee. That's yeah. good. But now you got to go on a journey. You got to go to an adventure to find a musician, get free, help that musician freedom with their qualms, get them back, travel with the troop to, to guide them to the bud. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah. I, and I know some people say, but that's like a multi part quest. That's a t- typical RPG. Yes. It is, but that doesn't mean I like it, <laughs> okay? And and I was mentioning uh, in our Discord a couple weeks ago, like, there's this one quest that takes, like, over an hour to complete, and the only thing you get is a, is a heart container. And I'm like, that's way too long, and the payoff's not worth it. So worth it. Not. That's what I thought. I was like, <laughs> you watched it, Scott. You watched it, Scott. But even with those flaws, and in read my full review, I, I explain a little bit better than I'm doing right now. Uh, the game is incredible. The creativity is through the roof. Um, I love trying to figure out ways to beat the temples in ways that they aren't intending. Like, there was this one with the rockets where they're like, oh, you have to do this and do this and do this. I'm like, no, screw that. Make a ramp and launch the rocket. And it worked. I'm like, all I have to do is hit the target. You didn't tell me how. And I saw one person actually fly under 
a uh, platform where the end shrine was and then use ascend to go up it and they were so shocked like this <laughs> works i'm like yeah i guess that would work wouldn't it so the creativity is through the roof i definitely feel the world is more fleshed out with uh uh the, not just the quests you can do but the areas you can find and uh again the depths in the sky islands add so much richness to it it feels more alive. Like I know that part of Breath of the Wild was that, you know, this was a world wrecked by Calamity Ganon and, you know, things were a bit more scattered. And now it's, you know, life has gotten back to normal more or less before the upheaval, which is what they call Ganondorf's arriving. But it felt more alive. Like I took part in a mayoral election and that was awesome. And, uh, you know, the, with the Gerudo, you can go to like help them with special training islands and, uh, there's there's just so many unique quests in every single area. It, it's it's so much fun. It's like then when you go to like to a new sky tower, you're like, okay, where can this massive launch into the air take me? And I want to go there. And I want to go there. I want to go there. The game is just amazing, period. So yes. I I mean it, I don't feel it's perfect, and I'm and I made note of that. And there are things I just I just don't like. But if you get this game, as we have proven, and Faith will eventually prove. As she actually spends <laughs> genuine hours in the game, it's so much fun to get into. It's so much fun to get lost in. I mean, Will's done so much; he hasn't even done the main temples. I've done the main temples, and now I don't even want to go to the end of the main game because I want to do all this other stuff, like with the Yiga clan and uh, doing game more shrines. And I just got the Master Sword myself. And okay, oh, that's the other thing. I didn't get time to mention this interview because I didn't get it. I hate that the Master Sword has a charge. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sword. Like, um, I hate that. I get, and I know why they did it because obviously, once you get it, you wouldn't use anything else. But that's kind of the point. You're supposed to, like that's supposed to be your end game weapon. It's the master sword, and now I can swing it for like a few minutes and lighting like a ten minute recharge. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that yeah, in the first game we had to go get the download the ZOC to access the the, the master sword uh, trial is just to like upgrade even further. It's like, uh, and. Like, Wait, there's a it, trial to improve the master sword in the first game in, in the first oh game. In, yeah the first game i remember that yeah so. and like, like i'm not sure you have discovered it but like is there something similar to that i mean not it, that i found but i also also just got the master sword mm, so, so. And, and scott doesn't know because he's been playing a game about not dating a 10 year old so. <laughs> it's very true i it's, have not gotten the master sword <laughs> yeah. it's it's just like this is the this is the and i know this is easily the biggest complaint about uh Breath of the Wild was the, was the weapon system and how even the Master Sword wasn't immune from these breaking. And I'm like, it's a sword. Why do I need to reload it? <laughs> Double arms, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but yeah, go check out my review. I really, really enjoyed the game. I, I can't wait to get back into it. And I actually, thank God I beat, I not beat, but I reviewed the game because I've gotten so slumped with work. I've barely been able to touch it for like more than an hour every day. So... I'm glad I got it when it did. So thank you, Nintendo, for releasing it on the 12th and not like the 29th, because that would have sucked. So thanks, Nintendo. <laughs> All right. And now we will head to the news, because we've had some very interesting things happen this week. So it's time to go down the warp pipe. And first, Platoon 3 Sizzle Season. Will, I will let you handle this. So you have a song the sizzle reel from Nintendo and Splatoon uh, 3 team. Basically, yes, we have t 
new stages coming back uh, new stages we're going to uh i forgot the name i'm sorry but uh also humpback uh alley uh which is from back from splatoon 2 and just just a myriad of additions new weapons including the uh, variants of like the spatana with uh beacon and uh tentative missile also a new paint uh brush weapon which is the pain brush <laughs> yeah, nice pain. <laughs> and yeah, I like during my my matches, I have faced some paintbrush. And geez, like you thought paint brushes were annoying. Yeah, paintbrushes that it just basically add more reach to it. And like, oh my lord, the the, the paintbrush is just basically if, if you like brushes with range. Yeah, paintbrushes is definitely the weapon for you. And yeah. The myriad of additions, of course, the new music tracks they also introduced it to in this game as well. The new music, new music, new new uh, salmon run stage, which I, I haven't got gotten a chance to try out yet, unfortunately. But yeah, new salmon run stages as well as uh, a new um, I shoot what was it uh, spe special league if I remember correctly. I think that was the thing, something like that. Yeah, I know it's going to be in the weekend, which like will be on which. Uh, Nintendo, I, I I gotta question this. Like they'll only be open for a certain amount of time. Like the previous uh, salmon runs, like only for two hours only this weekend. That like, sucks. One in <laughs> on midnight here at East at Easter time. One in midnight. One in uh, four p.m. If I recall correctly, and another no 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 uh, three time slots. Uh, midnight, eight a.m. and four p.m. Uh, time slots Eastern time. It's like what? Like, uh, have you not learned from the previous uh, salmon runs in Splatoon 2? Like, just leave them on! Or, like, I don't know, are you trying to do, like, a test run or something? I'm sorry, I don't know. But, yeah, like, the Special League uh, will be um, uh, kind of, like, a occasional game. Because, like, I know they think the modify with the uh, unlimited Trizukas. So, yeah, Trizukas everywhere. So, yeah, there's, like, the modifier that, that's got to be after this a special, uh, uh, special League. So... Yeah, if the new seasons here, just so much great content from gear to, of course, naturally the fist bump, which I'm, yeah, the fist bump is just a good ego booster if you're not if you're in the top two of your team. So by all means, yeah, the ego, uh, the fist bumps, the quality of life improvement, just like the overall addition of of content. And again, it's free. Like, yeah, free update content will continue to support with love and patience. Like, how, wow, what a concept and. <laughs> Yeah, this new season. If if you, you if you finish up your last season of Splatoon three, yeah, it's time to get back to Splatoon three and take some time away from Tears of the Kingdom. So now I have to do that to go with these two games. But yeah, Splatoon three, new season, new content. A lot of go back to the two. By all means, go and go and get it if you can. So yes, go back to Splatoon three if you can. Yeah, if you can get yourself away from Tears of the Kingdom long enough. That is my problem, unfortunately. <laughs> So I, I I haven't touched it yet, but you know I I will get there eventually. And of course they're gonna have a splat fest soon enough. I am waiting for that next topic. I am waiting for the next topic. Yeah. So I do have wait for it, breaking news, and I mean it. Okay, we are getting a new game this month from Nintendo. Oh it, no. It is, yeah, it is called, and I and I'm not kidding here. Everybody, one two switch. Oh no! <laughs> yes. So, hey, <laughs> I know. Okay. Uh, so this game, this game is of course a sequel to One Two Switch, which was basically a tech demo for the Joy Cons, and a sequel had been rumored for quite some time, but apparently, like, it wasn't doing well. Trouble development, poor reception from testers, and whatever. And so now everybody's wondering, hey, is it gonna? 
come out or not? Well, it is on June 30th. It'll only cost $30. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's actually decent. That's not bad. That's not bad. And, sure, so, sure, sure. and remember, this was just a tech demo, basically. It was, you know, little mini games to show you the power of the Joy-Con, like, you know, the infamous milking the udders and whatever. <laughs> um, I reviewed the game. That's, what I, yeah, that's true. You did. Uh, yeah. But, uh, I still, I just want to talk about this. I like you, you guys can find it on on Twitter. It's it's uh, the fact that they say shadow dropped this announcer like literally in the middle yeah. of the night is like what Nintendo? I granted, <laughs> I get it. You're not put, gonna put this thing in Nintendo the regular presentation because like who the heck wants to watch presentation? on everybody wants to switch. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I want to talk about this art for the like when, when you guys see the tweet for it. Um, it <laughs> oh, the cover art. Yeah, I I'm like this is what threw that, me off. That's... I had seen this tweet like an hour ago or whatever when I was getting ready to eat dinner and. I'm like, oh, what's Bojack Horseman doing there? Um, <laughs> there's a reference for you. <laughs> um, but, and then I'm like, wait, that's a game. Everybody wants to switch. See, like, that art, like, totally threw me that I wasn't even think realizing I was looking at a Switch game. That's how, like, out of it I was. Um, I don't know why they're so happy. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> like, we're on cover art for a sequel that nobody was waiting for. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. But apparently it's 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 coming, and I'm sure we are going to get like a trailer, maybe I don't know. Likely next week with Nintendo, maybe just like a quick trailer or like or just a separate tweet <laughs> itself, like tonight. It's, <laughs> I mean, okay, thirty bucks, not too bad. I'll just probably wait for twenty. Like if it's the twenty dollar game, okay, you probably get get better sales that way. But thirty thirty dollars for this thing, I mean. I mean, since it's gonna, there's, it's getting a physical release, so that might actually be a possibility of third party. <laughs> so, okay, again, like make it that what you will. If you want it, good. If you don't want it, fine. Okay, cool. you can still wait for Pikmin. <laughs> so, yeah, like that's the other thing is that I almost wonder, are they doing this to kind of flesh out their schedule? I certainly hope not, because you know I think they could do better than everybody one two switch. Yeah, take that, all you people who said Nintendo had nothing else coming out this year. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you dang right. All right, moving on for sanity's sake. Uh, another one that I will let Will take over. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise has unveiled its final free content. Take it away, Will. Oh, again, it's just basically the announcement of all. But yes, Capcom and the Monster Hunter team has reviewed the date for the final uh, Monster Hunter Digital Events presentation, which will be on June 7th. So if you remember the last uh, digital event, basically it teased it of like, a new variant of the Malzino. And of course, naturally, with this final direct, uh, direct presentation, uh, yes, we'll finally review the last major monster of the of Sunbreak DLC, and of course, naturally, just a, the myriad of other content like the cosmetics, stamps, music, and of course, at the end of it, will be a developers roundtable, basically reflecting of the journey of from Monster to Rise and Sunbreak, and just like going down memory lane of the game itself. And yeah, it, it's kind of bittersweet because like it's we're finally at the end of, of this game and now no more content until like the next major monster of the game yeah so yeah by all means june 7th that's where where we uh, get that last digital event and if i remember correctly at the time i believe that's uh 3 p.m uh, if i remember correctly uh so yeah next next week so by yeah just continue up keep hunting all you hunt happy hunting and yeah just Ride off into the sunset, Monster on the Rise, Sunbreak. 
it's finally sunsetting. Yes, yes. <laughs> I just want to note that Will's uh, inner fan came out when he said direct, because we all want a direct soon. I mean, it's yes, Nintendo more or less coined it the term like a direct. Like, yeah, I'm just gonna call it a Monster Hunter Direct. It sounds more of a better Monster Hunter Direct instead of digital event, like digital sunbreak event or whatever they called it. <laughs> yeah, we are we are officially at the point where they are running out of ways to describe these things because we have the PlayStation Showcase, we have. Oh, I think they even, didn't Xbox use Xbox Direct or something? Did I thought it was an Xbox like, Showcase. I don't know. Or Showcase, I think whatever. they used both, so I don't know if yeah. they actually coined one or the other. They're just like, call us whatever. Yeah, so <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah. And, like, of course, Nintendo did it first with the Directs. And uh, I remember Sega had a Sonic Direct. Like, they specifically said Sonic Direct. I'm like, oh, you monster. So, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, Yeah. Make of it what you will, ladies and gentlemen. Just remember, Nintendo did it better. So, <laughs> moving on. Let's see, we have okay. This this is a dual story. N Nintendo is, of course, infamous for cracking down on things that they don't appreciate from uh, any kind of. How should we put this gently? Uh, creator of non-sanctioned content. So, first off, that uh, dolphin emulator you might have heard about. Yeah, that got shut down. <laughs> Well, from Steam at least. Well, from Steam, but yeah, I mean, you, you can get uh, you can get it from other ways. <laughs> you can get it from the actual dolphin website. <laughs> there, there you go. Or you could try and find an actual dolphin. I'm just saying. You probably but, could. Probably could. I don't think they'll be as uh, you know desirous. I don't, but it'll make a splash. Oh <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they shut that down on Steam. Which is, I'm actually surprised it took them this long. I wonder if Nintendo just didn't know, and because I remember seeing it the first day when I'm like, "Oh, that's going to get shut down," <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, start the clock, it's going to get shut down. And then uh, they also shut down the eShop in Russia. Harsh. Yeah. Okay, I know. So which... they're not playing Tears of the Kingdom. No, they, they ain't playing. <laughs> well, I mean, well, they if they if they are, they bought it before the shutdown. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> like I don't I okay the emulator thing I totally understand like that's that's you know mods and ROMs and like that's a tricky thing for Nintendo. Um, the eShop thing I I really wonder whether they needed to do that. I mean I know why they did it you know U Ukraine war which is still a terrible terrible thing, but that's punishing an entire country because of the idiots at the top. And if that's the case, can we like? punish america at times please <laughs> and for the record i'm a fan of joe biden but i'm talking like a certain governor in florida a certain former president that definitely didn't get enough sanctions put against him trump uh what's that faith oh i can't sorry i can't hear you your political complaining faith because you know i'm right anyway so i just i don't know if i agree with this because there are there are nice russians i know that's hard to hear there are nice Russians, just like there are mean Americans. That's life, ladies and gentlemen. Don't punish the gamers because of what <laughs> fools are doing. All Putin's fault. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, and I, I can't even criticize Nintendo technically because this is, you know, I, I understand why they do this on, on a, I guess, optics level, I suppose, but. I don't know, I just don't think it's the right thing to do. It's just, it was definitely, uh, like, watch just to limit more. I mean, I, of course, naturally, 
world situation as in political uh, standings as it is, it's just like, okay, like, fine, I get it. But at the same time, you're just sacrificing a part of the market that also helped it you. So, yeah, it's it's something. Yeah. Make of it what you will. All right. Now, okay, this next one is uh, a much lighter story. It's about a guy going to prison. <laughs> <laughs> these are going to the dark times these days, huh? Hey, we're covering we're we're covering every checkbox here on this episode of MVP. <laughs> All right, we, we've talked about a person, our our co-host dying after getting a horse. We talked about a ten-year-old dying after not dating them. We talked about political unrest, and now we're talking about Sonic the Hedgehog's co-creator going to jail. Um, but yes, Yuji Naka, who you might remember had that insider trading scandal, he has officially been sentenced to two and a half years in prison and is fined over one point two million dollars. With a scheme at Square Enix. What a world. That is not something I imagined would be a thing to be said. Yes. Like, that is a sentence, ladies and gentlemen. That is a sentence. Actually, that is a singular sentence as I'm looking at this tweet. That is a literal one sentence that has so much to unpack. Now, the least of which is that Sonic's co creator felt that he needed to do insider training at Square Enix and now is in jail and owes over a million dollars to the government. Okay. There that I see today that uh, that we get a developer like and a creator who made a, an icon going to jail. Like, okay, I wonder if there's a certain CEO that also should go to jail themselves. <laughs> 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 yes, no, I mean, we, we could talk about. It. <laughs> we will save that for another time because I want to see his downfall, much like like what we see with Naka again. And we were talking about this before the Discord. The, the people who do insider trading are always have the same excuse. Oh, I'm not going to get caught. Like, you're going to get caught. That's literally the point. Okay? Yes. Someone's going to find out you made money the wrong way. And they're going to be like, hmm, maybe we should investigate that. <laughs> that is not rocket science, ladies and gentlemen. That's just inevitability. And I am inevitable. <laughs> What's that? What's that, Faith? I am Iron Man. No, I'm not Iron Man, but I, I do appreciate you telling me that. Um... <laughs> she loves RDJ like more than actually I wonder if she loves RDJ more than Chris Pratt. Um these are the questions mm. that keep me up at night. <laughs> that's the real death battle. That's the real question. <laughs> like that's the real mystery of life. Does Faith love RDJ, Robert Downey Jr. more than Chris Pratt? I don't know. I don't know. Because I was we were talking about dreams the other day and, and I mentioned like a really deep emotional dream I had and she goes, and I'm gonna dream of Chris Pratt. I'm like, my dream's better. Is it though? Yes. Yes, it is, Faith. <sighs> She'll learn eventually. All right. Uh, okay, this is the story I have been waiting so long to tell. So we're going to go back to Tears of the Kingdom because there's been a lot of interesting things going on there. Not the least of which is that Japan has uh, sold 2 million copies of the game, which is not too bad. Uh, also, Breath of the Wild has had a huge surge in sales, including in the UK, because of Tears of the Kingdom, which isn't that surprising. You know, if you didn't... Nope. If you didn't get it before, which makes you a heathen. Uh, I mean, come on. It's been out there for six years. We've been <laughs> praising it for that long. But people are like, oh, maybe I should get the first game. Faith. Um, she hasn't, but she hasn't played it much. Uh, but uh, So that was pretty cool. And then, of course, there's st if you're worried about the duplication glitch that got erased, there's more. Trust us. There's more. <laughs> that was only one glitch that got patched. Yeah. Many. It's like, <laughs> you think you're, okay, <laughs> you think you're patched all the glitches by the time I, never mind. Uh, 
But this is a story that is, is so hilarious. You swear it's fake, but it's not. So as you all know, the anticipation for Tears of the Kingdom was so high that gamers were desperate for basically any anything of news. And then when it was finally got its release date, it was all about counting down the days to getting it, right? So two guys decided, hey, what if we got the game sooner than everyone else? Now you're thinking, okay, well, did they become content creators? No. Did they work for a website where they got review codes? No. They decided, and I kid you not, they to become Amazon delivery men. Oh, no. This is a real story. So they worked for, okay, brief business overview. Amazon has their massive delivery service. However, they technically do not deliver everything themselves. They hire subcontractors to yep. do deliver everything. That way they can get it to them faster and on time, et cetera, et cetera. That's also why they skate uh, liability when like your packages don't get delivered properly. So make note of that for your next complaint. But these two guys decided to work at for one of the subsidiaries of Amazon, and they just did their jobs. And they waited, and they waited until they found out that they had gotten, like they, the company, had gotten copies of Tears of the Kingdom. They stole a couple copies, and they went home. (laughs) (laughs) Now, is this the end of the story? I hope you would know it is not, because that would be a really mediocre ending. The contractor, their job, realized, hey, these guys aren't at work today. I should call them to check on them. How nice. Also, probably just like, where the heck are you? So they called one of the houses. And I want to make note, these guys are 21 and 24 or something like that. So they called the houses of these guys. And one of the houses picked up because the dude still lived with his mom. (coughs) And, oh, it gets worse. Um, the mom happily told the man that he is not going into work because he was playing a video game. Oh, no. <laughs> Gee, I wonder what game they were playing. And so naturally, they put two and two together. They, far- they fired their sorry carcasses, and they made them repay what they had stolen. But that's still not all. Okay? <laughs> There's still more. Because one of the guys only stole Tears of the Kingdom. You know, sticky to the plan. One person deviated from the plan. You never, ever deviate from the plan. Like, come on, watch a heist movie. Anyway, uh, so that guy not only stole a copy of Tears of the Kingdom, he stole an, another copy of Tears of the Kingdom and a Zelda Pro controller because he was planning <laughs> to sell it ahead of time to make Ooh, extra cash. No. So he was out even more money. <clears throat> Because he got caught, because one of their mothers told them what they were doing instead of working that day. Yeah. If you're going to do a heist, just don't live with your parents. <laughs> pretty <laughs> much, pretty much. And again, the fact that you 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 just basically turn adults at 21 and 24, like, oh, you're still living with your parents? Okay, I'm like... not going to... Okay, I got to stop right there. I know I made that joke, but... I am not going to fault people for still living with their parents like during and after college because A, circumstances, B, money, C, cost of living. I lived with my parents until I was 26. 
Mm-mm. And I'm not ashamed of that. It helped me save money. So when I got my apartment, which I've been living in for many years, there's now, no shame. There's, there's no, no shame. shame. But it's just it was. But funny. in this context of in the this story, context, yeah, your mom's dude. Your mom sold you out. <laughs> <laughs> you got caught by your mom. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and we're not even thinking about the the after after aftermath here. Okay, not only did he lose a job, not only did he lose a reference, not only did he get have to pay back what he stole, he probably got chewed the f out by his mom. <laughs> Because now his mom knows he's yeah, cool. <laughs> exactly. You, you're telling me you got that job just so you could steal some stupid video game a few weeks early? <laughs> like, 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 yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Like, think, think for all you Harry Potter fans, think about the Howler letter when uh, Ron stole the car to get Harry and him in Hogwarts in book two. Like, Ron Weasley, how dare you steal that car? <laughs> you know, like, full on fury. I totally can see it. All right, but that's how desperate people were to play Tears of the Kingdom, that they were willing to work at Amazon through a subcontractor just to steal the game early. Wow. That, that is some <laughs> real dedication to a bit. <laughs> like, I want to know the planning process. Like, okay, like, bro, yeah, man? So, like, oh, wait, hold on. I could do better. I could do it. Um, hey, man. Hey, 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 yeah. Hey, uh, like, yeah. Like, hey, uh, how can we, uh, you know, like, steal Tears of the Kingdom early? Oh, uh, like, Amazon? Oh, yeah, yeah. Give it to Amazon. Ah, yeah, let's do that. Oh, love. All right. Yeah, Beavis and Butthead, I can do it all. You're welcome. That's why I'm the host. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I do hope it came off that I was doing Beavis and Butthead. It was really obvious. Shut up, Beavis. Like, there's a, like, but can, like, a kingdom, you know, cry? You know? Like, isn't it, like, land or something? <laughs> yeah, like, was like sprung a leak. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I guess you guys could just be happy they're not in jail because technically that's theft. Mm-hmm, like, that's, mm-hmm. that's 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 yes, theft. it is. <clears throat> I mean, it's not grand larceny. And you have to feel bad for the people who actually ordered the game and were actually going to get it and then didn't. Yeah. So like, uh, uh, there's obviously some repercussions that we probably didn't know about. But like, this is just so funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like we we all know the levels of gamer idiocy from trolling to slander to just berating to you know getting chewed up by an eight year old in Call of Duty just because you didn't get good enough. Like we've all been there. I'm sorry we have. Uh, and then there's you know co- again going to work at Amazon <laughs> just to steal copies of the game a little bit early. Really. Now I know what you're thinking. Oh, Todd, you haven't been tempted to do something like that. I was once. I worked at a place called Myers, basically your uh, local grocery store chain, and they had an electronics section. And I got my hands, like literally, on Amiibo. Oh, nice. Like a week before they came out. Now, when I say I got my hands on them, like I was required, I was the guy unloading the truck. So I was, if every time we got an electronics item, I was to deliver it directly to the electronics, and I would watch them open it just to make sure everything was good. And I could tell that the Amiibo were in there. And so what I did was I grabbed a Martha Amiibo, and I stuffed it in my shirt to hide it inside my gut. I'm joking. Uh, I took a picture with it, and I posted it on Instagram. And that's all I did. I was like, look what we got today. And everyone's like freaking out. How did you get an Amiibo early? I'm like, oh, no, no, I didn't get it early. It was at the store, man. They got them ahead of the, the launch date. And they go, oh, I understand. Like, that's as close as I got. All right. I did not steal. I didn't even think about it. And also, there were cameras everywhere, so they would have totally caught me. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> I, life finds a way, man. I mean, if I'm being technical, I totally could have like taken the box into the bathroom where there are no cameras and then stolen it that way. But I did not. So, like, that's as close as I ever 
thought about it, but no, I would not steal something just to have it early. Okay, I'm not interested in going to jail for a video game. As much as it would be interesting to see what would happen in jail. Actually, no, it wouldn't. Never mind. <laughs> that sounded cooler. Like, oh, yeah, how'd you, why'd you go into jail, man? Oh, I, uh, you know, I, I beat up some dudes at a bar fight. Oh, that's cool. So, kid, what'd you do? Like, I stole a video game. Like, what? Like, stole, I stole a video game three weeks ahead of schedule. Like, it was awesome. And then, like, they beat me up and whatever. So, yeah, don't do not do that, kids. <laughs> stealing, yeah. stealing video games is not approved by NEP. Yes, I remember. Crime does not pay, really. really. Yeah. I mean, it makes you pay, as these guys found out. hey <laughs> All right, moving on to a story that I'm very interested in, Live Alive. So this was, of course, the I'm talking about the modern remake of the uh, Famicom title uh, that got the uh, HD2D remake last year, and the one of the creators of the game was asked, w- "Would we potentially get a sequel to Live Alive if the game sells well?" And he goes, "Well, if the PlayStation and, and Steam versions of the game sell like a million copies, then I might be able to pitch it." So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and notice he didn't talk about the Switch sales, which we know are over 500,000 at least. Uh, so if you want a live live sequel, go buy the game. Make it go, out, go get those Steam keys. Yeah, Steam <laughs> keys, and I don't care where you get it. Steam, PlayStation, Nintendo. As long as you buy it in large numbers. <laughs> like, just don't try buying all a million yourself. That might be a little taxing on the bank. <laughs> unless, unless you're like you know Jeff Bezos or uh, you know another rich person with obscene amounts of money who clearly doesn't spend it in the right places. <clears throat> so. Just I mean, saying. if you are listening and you are Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk and have that kind of money and want to buy a million copies, get me one. Yeah. <laughs> or, hey, how about you just do us all a favor, give us a couple million, and we'll buy it for you. We'll totally only buy the, mil- the million games with the money you give us. Totally. <laughs> we'll totally only do that. Totes my goats. We're going to do it. So I, I'm hopeful. I doubt we'll get it, but especially now that they're focused on Octopath and probably maybe break the default again. Who knows? So we'll see. We'll see. All right, next up is one we absolutely have to talk about, even though it has technically nothing to do with Nintendo. Last week in our main event, we talked about how video games need to be given the time to to breathe, to <laughs> to get into the proper development cycle, and to be turned out in the quality of Tears of the Kingdom. All right? And if you really want to know how good Tears of the Kingdom is, ladies and gentlemen, Yahtzee Crenshaw of Zero Punctuation technically had very little to complain about outside of the fact that he called it an expansion pack. I don't agree with that. But even he was like, this is what happens when you do a game properly. And he even said that. All right. But other games have not been given that time or justification. And in just this week alone, we learned not one, but two horrifying stories about two terrible launch or sorry, titles that, that sorry, titles that were terrible at launch. Thank you. Um, and their terrible, 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 no good, very bad development process. I'm talking, of course, of Redfall and Anthem. So, uh, Scott, what do you want to do first, Anthem or Redfall? Um, I guess let's go with Redfall. It's the most current one okay. and mm-hmm. might be the one most people actually are curious about. Okay, so as we all know, Redfall is terrible. Sorry, Faith. Not sorry, Rhesus. Uh, she <laughs> actually likes the game. I don't know why. Um, is Chris Pratt in it? Maybe that's the reason. I don't know. Wow, talk about trash taste. Oh, <laughs> you could say it sucks. Oh, so Redfall was a, an unmitigated disaster to the point where everyone was questioning why in the heck Arcane even made it in the first place. Well, here's the thing. They didn't want to. 
Nope. As we would find out, they not only didn't want to make it, they were forced to make it. And then when Microsoft bought Bethesda, they were praying to the Xbox gods that Phil Spencer would come around and just cancel the game outright. They were praying for a game that they were developing to be canceled. Wow. And then, that, that, is that is bad. The <laughs> yeah. fact that there's a game that like, you, oh, oh, please. Yeah. And, oh, but it gets worse, ladies and gentlemen, because not only did Phil Spencer not do it, which we all know he now regrets. Thanks, Phil. Um, he basically let them, he, he, okay. He let the game continue because he trusted Arcane. yeah on the whole that's technically not a bad thing because arcane of course dishonored death loop what was the other one prey prey okay prey wasn't the best though but like it was solid it was solid yeah it was Um, better than redfall it was better better than redfall (laughs) Uh, that's low bar to clear (laughs) um but they he trusted arcane which means that a he didn't even look on the process b he didn't even talk to arcane themselves and C, that meant they were screwed. And we all know what happened. So, yeah. Bad. Very, very, very bad. There's just, there's there's nothing right about this story. Like, period. You are talking about a game. No, you're talking about a company that did not want to make this game. And they were begging to get canceled so they didn't have to make this game. And that just shows how this was wrong from start to finish from from Microsoft to Zenimax to technically Arcane. And yes, technically Arcane is the least to blame for this because they knew like the the tweet that we're reading is says Arcane also knew there was problems with Redfall and a few devs hoped Microsoft would cancel the game. Instead Microsoft only canceled the PlayStation version of Redfall and <laughs> took a largely hands off approach. Thanks Microsoft. And you that, wonder why you're losing yeah. the console wars. Again. That's one of the reasons why I think Microsoft needs to do a little better with their own regulations, because they are, for most of their studios, pretty hands-off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as we can see, since they're acquiring so many studios, they're kind of not doing their job in helping them get over their toxic environments. Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. You mean that they're going to potentially buy a company that has toxic work environment and then do nothing? Ooh. It feels like there's a blizzard in hell. <laughs> uh, also, happy uh, Diablo 4 release day, everybody. Yeah! And, and ironically, that's a game they got right! Yeah. It just took them forever and actually listening to fans. What are the odds? Anyway, so, yeah, that's one tale of disaster. Allow me to tell you another. This is the story of Anthem, which, is, if you recall, was made by Bioware, which has not had a good game in... Um... <laughs> How long has it been since Mass Effect 3? <laughs> I don't know. A long time. I mean, technically, you can say their remaster of Mass Effect was good, but... <laughs> oh, wait, that was... Okay, Legendary Edition. I'll give. You... I'll grant you that one. I'll grant you that one. Okay. Yeah. Well, 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 <laughs> That's that... about it. <laughs> yeah, and, and we are grateful. I still got to play Mass Effect 3 once I, whenever I get done with Tears of the Kingdom, which won't be in a long time. A while. A while. <laughs> it's going to be a while. But one of the uh, former workers at uh, Bioware came forward and noted just how much things went wrong with uh, Anthem. And here's the biggest thing. According to him, which is this is a little bit of an exaggeration, or no, I'm going to say underselling a little bit, the whole game was done in 16 months. That's not a lot of time. No, especially for a game of that scope. Yeah, exactly. And that's the key word here is scope. Bioware, the team actually worked on Anthem. They knew that there was a scope issue, but EA didn't want to hear about it. And 
you're thinking, well, wait a minute, I know this was in development for longer. Yes, technically it was. The concept had been worked out for a while. It kept getting changed and exchanged hands, and eventually it became Anthem, and that's what they made in 16 months. So how did they make it in 16 months? Well, they worked 90-hour work weeks. Yay, Nin crunch. 90. Are you kidding me? Like, when I, when I worked at Volition during the end of Saints Row the Third, which, no, I will never stop saying that. It was a highlight of my life. Um, <laughs> it, it really was. But we, I at most worked maybe 60 hours a week, and they made sure I was fed, that, you know, they didn't go too much over, et cetera, et cetera. But this was, this is bad. Like, this, like, 90? Are you kidding me? All right, that's basically, and then that's if they work seven hours a day. I'm just going to do some quick math here because I'm not going to do it in my head. That would be, I am not a heathen. <laughs> um, 90 divided by seven equals 12 hours a day. And that's if they worked all seven days, which I would hope they didn't. But you know, don't eat it. And what they ask of people, who knows? All right, it's, it's bad. And then the, this guy who actually said that he liked working on Anthem, but it was, wasn't what it could have been. He he noted all the problems that the game had. Uh, for the record, EA had the reasons to release it early, but were stupid, <laughs> and thus yeah. the dev teams had to pay the price, aka working ninety hours. Um, so yeah, it, it said that EA learned a lot from the development of Anthem, but whether they applied those learnings is unknown. They didn't. Just we all know better. <laughs> um, okay, like Anthem was delayed because it had missing features, lack of polish, and bugs that needed fixing, but it's launched anyway. There was also scope creep. Quote, there were really high expectations for this game. The team felt it. We were always trying to push for cool features, etc. So I think we could have done it if we had kept our scope creep in check, which is something that was easily mirrored in the reviews that the game had, which if you didn't know, that game got a, what was it, uh, 58 on Metacritic or something like that, and a 4 on the user score. And I actually believe that score. Um, <laughs> and then after launch, it was, quote, all hands on deck to stabilize the game. And they said there was no end game and no replayability. Um, there was just there was just so much wrong with this title. <clears throat> and yeah, I mean, think of it. A live service game with no replayability. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's yeah. just a doom failure right there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it just like he, ironically, the guy even said that you know it, it's not all EA's fault, and that's true. There was also Bioware's fault, but this was just wrong. And then he said that when they were trying to do a sequel, yes, they were trying to do a, an Anthem sequel, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he actually liked where they were going, and they could have fixed like everything that the first game had wrong, but they were canceled. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it's just, again, you, you see the product, you saw how the game was going, again, a live service game like this, and again, no support, no nothing, no DLC, like, just dead in the water. Yeah, like, you, granted, some neat ideas, but, yeah, just, it, it was just gonna end bad regardless, yeah. And look, and this just piggybacks off of a previous report that I had noted for web, the website. One of the form, one of the, the co-creator, no, I think it was the creator of Dragon Age, said that at one time Bioware prided itself on having its writing team and having like one of the best writing teams in the game, and then over time the writing became a nuisance to Bioware heads. A no. nuisance. Are you kidding me? And then you look at something like Anthem, which barely had a story, was all about, you know, looter shooter, live service gameplay, and it sucked. So, yeah, how the mighty have fallen, ladies and gentlemen. 
Imagine buying one of the like best narrative telling story writers of like a generation and then being like, hey, we don't want you to write any more stories. We want you to write about how we can incorporate life service into a game. Yeah. And, and all this just goes to show why the writer's strike in Hollywood right now is absolutely needed because writers just aren't appreciated like, as they should be. I mean, it's sad. Yeah. So what's the lesson here, ladies and gentlemen? A, listen to your developers. B, don't force them to make things they aren't interested in. And C, don't launch a terrible game. Take the time. Do it right. Be a Tears of the Kingdom and not a Redfall or an Anthem. <coughs> or else it might be your final Anthem. <laughs> you're welcome. Because when you're bleeding from the, your eyes, the red will fall. Ah! ah! Okay. Finally, and this one was a surprising one, uh, Fire Emblem Engage, the team behind the game, revealed that uh, Engage was actually worked on in the same time frame as Three Houses. Wow. Not sure how that works. I mean, for the record, they might have been working on it while Three Houses was finishing up, or maybe the DLC. Maybe their conceptions, yeah, yeah, maybe, they, yeah, maybe. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stories too going around of how Three Houses had a lot of work done with Koei Tecmo, yeah, and that let Intelligent Software basically have more time to themselves, which I'm guessing probably went into Engage. Yeah, I was surprised by that because they did not. I do not remember Koei Tecmo, you know. Outside of uh, uh, Three Hopes, which that was their game, obviously. Yeah. But I was surprised that they worked so much on Three Houses. But that would explain a lot. It really would. Anyway. Um, <laughs> if, so, not I mean that in the positive way. Like, how they were able to like, incorporate the story, you know, take two, new yeah. with Three Hopes. Like, that was, I loved how they handled that. Um, but if you're wondering why was Engage so different from Three Houses, their, their reason was they wanted to give a more traditional feel a more classic feel and just give a different tone. They noted that Three Houses was very much like your adult style story. Like and when you think of like Edelgard and Dimitri, you can totally see that. And yeah. that that was about a cast of characters, you know, your house against the world. And versus uh Engage where it was about kingdoms, but it was about your divine dragon and their place in the world and who they were, I won't spoil it. But uh and their growth throughout the game. So there was that kind of different terms of focus. And one of the uh, leads on the game hadn't been on the franchise since Awakening, which he still hails as the best in the franchise. It's not Path of Radiance. Uh, <laughs> we'd like Ike! We'd like Ike! And he's like, he wanted to have that kind of an impact again, where like everyone can pick it up, everyone can play it, everyone can enjoy it and have fun, while also calling back to all the franchises that came before. Or sorry, the, the games that came before. So, and that's not fine. Uh, sorry, that is not a bad idea. And clearly, it worked. Engage was fun. I gave it a four out of five, and it's it's sold over a million copies, which is awesome. It's close to two million, I believe. <laughs> so, a, a successful game, no doubt. And now, whatever comes next, maybe there'll be more like Three Houses, which I know some people, like a lot of people, really really enjoyed. So, sometimes it's good to branch out. Like Zelda does that all the time. Sometimes it takes like a wind waker approach sometimes it goes twilight princess sometimes it goes you know breath of the wild and sometimes it goes you know ocarina of time or majora's mask you know it's all about how you want to render it or of course triforce heroes which nobody remembers <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna put link in new clothes and give him special abilities really like that's your hook also they're all link but they're not all link apparently yes i never played that one that's one of the few ones i've never played so I regret nothing. All right, and now we head to our main event. So as we've been teasing for a couple weeks now, we are in 
the final stages of the Nintendo Switch's life. It's been a very good run. We should all be grateful for what we have, especially now that games like Splatoon 3 and Xenoblade and Tears of the Kingdom and Odyssey and all these incredible titles have come out. But with the future now looming, give or take a year, we need to decide, we, we need to decide what the next Switch successor, sorry, the successor to the Switch should be. Ooh, that's a tongue twister. Successor to the Switch should be the successor to that. Ah, dang it. I tried. <laughs> I tried. Okay. Um, and we're going to debate this in another session of the NEP Secret Society. All right. I call it meeting of the Society to order. Gentlemen, we're going to keep this rather straightforward. We know that a Switch successor is coming. We know that Nintendo, okay, we hope that Nintendo will learn from the past and not try and do something either too similar or extremely different. Uh, and thus, you know, could potentially fall back into dis disarray. I would like, I mean, seriously, though, could we come on going from the N64 to the GameCube, the GameCube to the Wii to the Wii to the Wii U, and now Wii to the Switch? It's been a roller coaster, okay? Yeah. So I would like to them, them to have a series of super successful systems, super successful systems, super successful systems, super successful. Oh, that one's easy. <laughs> that one's easy. <laughs> but uh, so we're going to break this down into a couple different uh, segments. The first one is what do we personally want? from the Switch successor. Will, I'll start with you. I mean, personally, from what I want from the successor of the, of the Switch, and it's just, I think it's, hopefully it's not too much to ask, but it's just basically the, the basic common denominator. We just want some more power. And like, if anything- Power, Splatoon, you say! <laughs> if Splatoon 3 has taught anything, people love power. And oh, Jesus. <laughs> It, you don't yeah, deserve but... to win with the power <laughs> <laughs> the fact that like okay granted the things you made with switch is just nothing but magic tears of the kingdoms so play chronicles 3 and all that and oh it's smash Bros. it's just nothing but magic like you have done great systems with like the hardware's limitation and you still made magic and the fact that the, all this all this game and a 16 gigabyte cartridge by all means nothing but magic but now, as the time goes on, and we like, the, the, I mean, the other systems, and again, the fact that you had to set a, a cease and desist to the Dolphin emulator for on for the Steam Deck, who managed to go and play Tears of the Kingdom or any other Zelda games in better condition, in sixty frames and all that, and like, kind of got to shows a little bit of your weakness, unfortunately, Nintendo. So, personally for me, again, just the basic power boost is just really what you really need. Like, again, people have, like, done this thing better. Again, outside of Switch. They modified their Wii U, they modified their Switches, and able to play these games 60 frames per second, no problem, with some, <clears throat> some hiccups here and there. But, again, it, it can be done. It's just that you won't do it. And like, I can only imagine, like... Can we play a Zelda game 60 frames per second? Or, I don't know, better gra better graphic-wise? I mean, sure. I'll, I'll even sell for the whole performance versus graphics uh, mode if you want, want to do that, a la, like, Neo. Like, you want to go focus on frames per second? Great. At the cost of picture? Fine. Or you want to go full on 30 frames, 
30 frames, but just 1080p or 4K picture um, stats, by all means, fine. I, I, I don't mind if you give us that option. Like, if we can actually have a, a system that I can really, it's just runs basically good. I mean, yes, as much as 30 frames per second, a la my serious contract, it is the benchmark of things nowadays. 60 frames is definitely starting to be much more appealing in as, as the years go by. So just to wrap it up, it's just basically, yes, Nintendo, if you're going to make the next character, by all means, please just give it an extra power boost so it doesn't like struggle. And you know, heck, Tears of the Kingdom still works properly, but you, you, you do notice the hiccups here and there, especially back in the Lost Woods. So, I mean, it's better, but still, you still notice the hiccups. So please, next system, just give it that basic boost, power boost. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Scott. What's your what's one thing you really want from the Switch successor? So one thing that I really want is I, I guess it's a kind of in line with Will's, but I want it to have a consistent resolution scaling. I want it to at least be like a consistent 1080p. I don't as much as people like hound up like 4K kind of resolutions. I kind of don't like that anymore. <laughs> I think it's a little over uh, doing things. So I kind of do want a four, a 1080p kind of rendition though. Because I know a lot of the games on the Switch can run from like a 900p setting to like 500p at the worst, and so I w just want a consistent kind of dynamic, a consistent resolution. Whether it has to be with a dynamic resolution setting with upscaling, or of just having a consistent kind of scale, which does go in line with I guess Will's power argument. I do agree that there is a lot more that you, we have now with in terms of chips. And even uh, like smaller chips, we're getting a lot more power from if the like Asus ROG Ally is anything to talk about. And so that's one of the big things I'd want is just a consistent resolution scaling. There's a lot. There's not a lot of consistency in that regard on the Switch. I can I can appreciate that. Um, like again, there are games, especially in handheld mode, which is again how I play, uh, where it it the 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 resolution clearly drops like well like sometimes well below 720 yeah and i don't mind it at times because it's like the game doesn't need it but other times like yeah i wish it was maybe a little crisper so i don't mind that so between yeah, the constant resolution sorry consistent resolution and the uh <laughs> i i am fine with that so i'm going to piggyback off of that and say that we need a much longer lasting battery. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. And I know this is a big request amongst fans because I don't mind that I have like two hour sessions with the Switch, two to three hour depending on the game. Um, I am an adult. I'm supposed to be responsible. I probably shouldn't play for more than three hours. And of course, if I play for four hours, I have to go see a doctor. <laughs> um, but I should have the option. Like, I should have the option to say, like, you know what? I am going to play Tears of the Kingdom for six hours today because, dang it, I have six hours to play. Okay? I can think of how much time I have to torture the Koroks now. All right? <laughs> I have the power! How many crucifixions can you do? <laughs> don't tempt <don't> <laughs> me, Scott. <laughs> the temptation of the Koroks. Um, but, like, I should have that option. And I don't. And, yes, I know technically you can uh just plug your switch into the charger and just have it charging as you play i've done that in the past uh fun fact my charger broke the other day so Aww. thankfully thankfully my phone charger is the same port type 
for whatever reason. So I just use that to charge it. Like, yeah, USB-C. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm, I, but still, like that, w I liked doing that. And there were times where I would sit at my computer or sit on my bed and just let it charge while I'm playing, and it would be great. But I don't want to have to sit upright just to play my games all the time. I want to lay down in my bed and just relax and enjoy it or what happens if you don't have your charger near you and you have nothing to do but play video games and yet you have to stop after two hours because your battery is low you that's know i get the steam deck the raw ally the Shut Aneo, up. and just have like five handhelds with you at all times yeah just, just play them and play them in sessions okay switch is dead where's my steam deck you know um the steam deck's dead where's the next one uh but there are better batteries out there now yes we we fully acknowledge that this would increase the price of what's just call it the switch successor for now yeah um, it will increase the price but we are willing to pay if it's worth it and yes nintendo has that history of trying to be the cheaper console like with the wii like with the wii u and there's the two versions they had at launch if you recall that um and now the switch but sometimes as in a hate i hate to say it because i'm usually the guy who advocates for you know going cheaper versus going more expensive but yeah. sometimes if it's quality, the price is worth it. Yes. So if if the next system, so let's just ballpark it, the, the next system is between 400 to 450 and it has some of these improvements that fans are really asking for, that's worth it. And we'll pay it. You know we'll pay it because we paid, what was it, three? wasn't the Switch like 350? 300? Yeah, the uh, Switch OLED was like 350. And then... Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, Switch OLED 350, so... And there's 75 for the improvements. You'll still make a profit. It'll still print money. And you'll have a a slightly... And again, it won't be Xbox Series X or PS5. We don't need that. We don't need that. That's Especially that, handheld. <laughs> yeah, and as we've shown, like with, with look at Redfall, look at Anthem and all these other things. You don't, you can have like the best graphics in the world, but if the gameplay sucks, it don't matter. So what Nintendo needs to do is just make the make the necessary improvements to better what the Switch did, not not they cannot just say like, oh, this is like a slightly better Switch. They need to make the, the big improvements, like the consistency, like the more power, bah! and the, the longer battery life, better memory. I know that's another big thing, so we don't have to keep buying micro SD cards. Um, <laughs> I never have, but I, I, I would not deny my life would be easier if I didn't have to keep like archiving my games every month or so when I get a new title. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, it's like okay, I need like this much memory. What can I get rid of? No, I don't want to get rid of that. No, I don't want to get rid of that. <laughs> Happens all the time. But um, and then Faith's going like, well, Todd, I I always have them, and I can just use them in other things if I don't need like quiet Faith. This is why you're in the afterlife with your horses. So, <laughs> like those simple, very these are simple improvements too. You know, slightly better processing power, more consistent graphics, and better battery life and memory. You know, these improvements are out there, Nintendo. Make the changes, slightly improve your the quality of the visual quality of your games, not overall quality. You do that fine on your own, and we're already happy. You already have an instant seller of a console. It shouldn't be that hard. Now, next segment. What are the things that they need to keep from the Switch in the successor? I'm gonna go first in this one because it's the obvious one. Keep the portability. Mm -hmm. Yes, like absolutely. That is absolutely what they need to do. If for no other reason than as we saw in the latest PlayStation Showcase, people are already trying to copy it all over the gosh dang place. <laughs> Steam Deck, the other weird ones that don't matter, and now the P. What was they called? The what Project Q. Project Q. Okay, first of all, there's only one Q when he's in Star Trek. 
All right, and he would mock us, us humans for what about James Bond Q though? Ah. That, okay, that, that is true. That is, a, that is a good one. Okay, there are two cues. Okay, one's smart and one's annoying, but I adore them both. <laughs> yes. And you could decide which is which. Um, I so, think it differs on the day. No, so. yeah, it, it really does. And which version of Q if we're talking about the actors? So, remember when they had John Cleese as Q? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, I wish I could make you disappear, 007. Um, but the portability is the biggest thing. Like, that was the one thing that the Wii, to Wii U totally nailed. Like, hey, let's have it to where you can play off your TV instead of always playing on it. And I love that feature. I did. It was just that the Wii U had other problems, obviously. But the, the Switch redefined it and made it the, the way to play. Why just play your console in your house when you can play it at your friend's house, on the go, on a train, on a plane, in a park? I'm a lark. I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like those damn I am. Um, you could play the Switch while eating green eggs and ham, but I don't recommend it. But keep the portability, but find a way to make it even better. I'll admit, I'm not sure how you would do that. But you can find a way, not just by making the, the portable version even more powerful. Powerful! <laughs> um, and long-lasting, again, battery life. But... Make it so that it feels even more impressive. So, uh, as I've said for various other things, this is like the base plate. Figure like look, think of it from like the Tears of the Kingdom standpoint. Breath of the Wild was an incredible brace plate. It was awesome on its own. Everyone was happy with it. And then Nintendo said, "How can we make it even better? How can we make it even more in depth, more, you know, desirable?" And then they made Tears of the Kingdom. That's the mindset they must have with the Switch successor. Here's the Switch. It's awesome. One of the best-selling consoles of all time, period. And now we got to say, how do we make it better? Like, how can we make it even more beloved? And then do it. Whether it's, it's a hardware thing, a software thing, make it better. Keep it portable. That's your hook. That's, that's all the hook you need. Like, an even better portable console. People will buy that, especially if you have the games to back it up. So Yes. Yeah. So keep it portable, but make it even better. Will, next to you. Uh, if anything that I want them to keep, it's like, I just, I guess it's basically regard to the ergonomics of it all. Like, well, I do appreciate, appreciate, like, again, the Joy-Cons and just how, like, it fits in your hand. Like, the basic ergonomics, the shape and all that. That's one thing I appreciate. So, like, I'm kind of in line with you, with you, Todd. Like, basically just improve upon, like, what you have already as it is. So, like, because the one thing that I can't want them to like basically improve upon is basically like when you're carrying like the, the switch up in handheld mode, like you know, you, there'd be times like yeah, like there's just not enough um grip when you're holding up the Joy Cons. I think you could probably attest to that, Todd. Like you just want like there should be a, a bit more extra like to to like really f have a firm grasp in your hand. But and sometimes like when you hold play for so long is like you get cramping you get like it, it become your hands become sore like when you're lifting it up i don't know like per personally for me that's like what, what i've like want them to basically improve upon like the ergonomics of it all by all means is great but i feel like it definitely be improved so to keep that like the basic shape of it all like even f to the recent model of the oled just like the shape keep the shape but just improve on the ergonomics come on basic answer but yeah that's what my head was going into <clears throat> yeah, I, can, I can dig it i can understand that and obviously the shape should somewhat differ 
Um, obviously, they need to make sure that the new version of the Joy-Cons don't drift. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. The proof so, Joy-Cons. You know, so, that, yeah. That's an important thing. But, like, you know, slightly shift the Joy-Cons so they feel even more improved. Again, base plate, but improve it. It's a simple process. So we'll see how that goes. Scott? All righty. <clears throat> So there's kind of just one I want to mention offhand, and then the one I actually want to talk about. One I want to mention offhand is I want them to continue having Monolith Soft optimizing games for them because every game optimized by Monolith Soft has ran fantastically on the Switch. Zing! <laughs> but what I actually want to talk about is that OLED screen. I want them to keep that for the next iteration because even with like these stronger handheld systems coming out, none of those screens have really done the vibrancy of the games as well as the OLEDs. Mm. <clears throat> Interesting. I wouldn't know because I haven't like I don't think I've seen an OLED up close, but that's just me. I mean, picture quality of the OLED is pretty nice. I'll give it. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It's really vibrant. It probably is the best when it comes to showing like the bright and vibrant colors of games, especially with how bright colors are there are in Nintendo games. So having an OLED screen is like a must-have, and so it's a must-keep for the next iteration they have of the next successor. And so that's my big thing, because even like, say, like the Steam Deck and the Asus and the Aeneo and all these other ones that are coming out of handheld devices that are running as gaming consoles, their screens are good, but they're not OLED good. Do they not? Do they not? All right. And finally, to wrap it up, what's something that the Nintendo should not do with the Switch successor? Think as big or as small as you want. Will, you get to go first this time. Uh, if anything else, I, I think you pretty much like nailed it one already. I mean, there's kind of an easy one, but basically one, don't do the jo improve with the Joy-Cons, so avoid Joy-Con drift. I mean, that's probably the biggest one, if anything out there. But if there's anything for for them to not to do, ah, oh, man. Uh, if... For them to not to do on the switch processor, like <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of drawing a little bit of a blank here because, like, what else? <laughs> like, one, I guess, don't do. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe of like the dock, the dock itself. I, I'm sorry. Like, kind of had to go back, come back a little bit on me because, like, there's, <laughs> not, there's really no really glaring errors of the thing they they shouldn't uh, avoid. I mean, the Joy-Cons, yes. Uh, the docks, I mean, it's fine, but I feel like it could be a bit improved. But what they should not do? Mm... Okay, I'll take over because you're clearly struggling. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I, 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 you're, I, you're missing a big thing, and it is oh so obvious. Do not call it a Switch 2. Honestly, okay. I would just want them not to have Switch in its name at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, don't yeah, want to yeah, confuse so. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, again, that was always one of the biggest faults of the Wii U. Is like everyone thought it was just like an expansion pack. Like, oh, it's the Wii. Uh, is is the re is the refresh? Exactly. <laughs> okay, so, okay. What, yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah, Whatever yeah, yeah. you call it, you cannot call it the Switch anything. Switch two, Switch U. Don't care. Do not call it that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything that's... else? Because you need to differentiate what this is. From what it's supposed to be and like even if you recall the wii u the 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 body of the console it looked incredibly similar to the wii console so it, it further confused people yes, so yes yeah, yeah, yeah. make it clear that this is the next console and the next thing that they should want i don't care what you call it as long as it does not have switch in the name because it needs to be something that grabs people while also again switch is a fun name because it's like okay we're switching from the dock to the handheld we're switching from 
holding with two hands to putting it into the controller mode to handing a Joy-Con to another thing. We're switching it, switching it up all the time. I loved it. Um, so whatever you do next with whatever extra innovation you put in, make sure the name reflects that and doesn't just bank off the success of what came before because you tried that before and you almost went out of business. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Indeed, indeed. Definitely to like differentiate it from the Switch. Yeah, yes. just great. Just make sure you differentiate it. Like, don't repeat your mistakes again, and you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, Scott, since Will's probably still struggling. <clears throat> Alrighty. So one thing they should not do is do not remove people's digital libraries when the increase to the next gen. Huh. especially with how many people now have a lot of their libraries for both third party and first party on their switch. I like that. Um, because I hundred percent feel that even if they don't have backwards compatibility kind of a deal, they might have third parties want to bring their, their games to the newer console, especially ones that didn't run as well on the old switch. Yeah. Because it'll run a lot better on the new Switch. Like The Witcher 3 will probably run a lot better and it'll look a lot better on whatever they have as the new Switch. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Mortal Kombat, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. And so I think a lot of people probably won't want to rebuy something if they already have it in their Switch library. Agreed. So, and that was actually something I was worried about when it came to the Switch was that they didn't have immediate backwards compatibility, which is something that Nintendo prided themselves on for years. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, which is something that PlayStation and Sony did not like for a long time, and still don't to a, to a degree. But uh, yeah, if if backwards compatibility is possible, do it. Do yes, it. please. So, <laughs> I like I like that, Scott. I hadn't thought about that. So, all right. Well, we have now inspired you. What did you okay? Yeah. Thank for the thank for the inspiration, bro. Thank you, guys. So, <laughs> but if any, yeah, yeah. Now I got ones. Uh, do not omit the power of the de the eShop theme song. <laughs> or yeah how about this like do not omit the power of the internet and basically bring that me verse like you saw how much how powerful the, like so, yeah social media twitter and all that like the me verse like great art i mean again look at splatoon 3 everyone in, the, uh, in your fan base in uh, splatoon 3 has been waiting for a me verse uh substitute but have you provided anything of that sort no you you pretty much killed it with the wii u and like we we need something another outlet a, a good outlet to show off the great art all these things and yes even some cursed stuff sure i mean it comes with the territory but by all means like do not omit the power of like creativity from your fans like people can do some great things and again just go to splatoon 3's plaza and you you notice the, the greatness of it all for better or for worse and that and my part two is again just like don't omit omit the power of like the, an east a good theme shop, like the Wii U had great again. Rest in peace, Wii U e shop and 3ds shop. They had like a theme <laughs> song and all that. Like don't forget about the quality of life of like these cute things. Like I don't know, having like the um, the little uh, casino game that you have in the Wii U loading screen where you're going to the e shop, or just like the like just the the detail, the cute things of your like like just shoppings for your customers like don't forget about that uh, i want to i want to piggyback off of that um don't just use the uh photo sending feature that you have right now on the switch <laughs> um i loved that i could take snapshots on my handheld and then send it online i hate that by the time i get into my reviews they look so dang pixelated 
Yeah. Like, and don't, and it's weird because on my screen they look crisp, and then I send them to the Twitter, and they look a little worse. And then I bring it, I save them, and I put them on my in my Outer Haven reviews, and they look even worse. There's a bayonetta shot, a bayonetta origin shot that I honestly hate because. It, on my Switch, it shows her full face. And by the time I got it into reviews, the review, her face was gone. I'm like, where is her face? Where is it? Yeah, like, give us the option of, like, uh, even send an option of, like, if you want to save your photos at 720p or 1080p at least. Yeah, yeah like, give us that option. Yeah, I mean, and, and, like, when I'm trying to show off, like, this really great moment, and I can't get it because the quality looks bad... I feel bad for putting in my review, and there are, there are times I have refused to put pictures that I've taken in my reviews because they turned out poorly, and I don't like yeah. that. I mean, <laughs> the whole point is that they should look their absolute best, and no, and I, maybe there is a way to do it. If there is, I haven't learned it in six years, and you know, unless we get high quality images from Nintendo for every review, hint, we do not. I, I don't like going to Google like, oh, stealing that image, stealing this image. Oh, I hate know. doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Because and, and for all we know, those other people use like high quality programs to take their snapshots. I don't know. But I love the snapshot feature. Make it better. Don't just leave it as it is. And of course, there's the other big one. Always improve your Internet. Like, my gosh. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Keep keep improving. I would not be mad at you, Nintendo, if you just hired someone to do it for you. Like, hire experts who know how to do it because I'm tired of losing my connection to Splatoon 3 or randomly my internet, uh, like, flickers like half a second and all of a sudden I have to, like, reconnect. It's it's It sucks. And, like, that's how you talk about online matchmaking and other things that we all know they still struggle with. All right. Yes. Now, I'm not saying we follow Sakurai's advice and this not have internet at all. I don't agree with that, Danny Sakurai. Please forgive me. But um, you still need to improve. I mean, there's still things that you can honestly learn from Microsoft and Sony, and that's not a bad thing. We can all learn from each other and improve. That's kind of how cooperation works and competition in general. So do better, Nintendo. So with that, we are ending this episode of the Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. What do you? want from the switch successor hardware wise software wise just basic improvements wise what do you think the switch can do better from an aesthetic standpoint from a visual standpoint a battery standpoint let us know in the comments below and of course what did are have you been enjoying the splatoon 3 sizzle season uh are you enjoying tears of the kingdom still we all know the answer is yes but tell us anyway um <laughs> Are you saddened by these new stories you've heard about Redfall and Anthem? And are you glad that Nintendo honestly doesn't do this crap? <laughs> Always got to get the dig in there. This is how we are. Uh, let us know in the comments below. So for Skull Kid Scott, Wario, Will, and the Spirit of Faith, who I'm sure is riding a horse gloriously down the plane to his opponent's theme. I am Triforce Todd. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time. We are not out of lives. We made it to the end of the level. So, raise the flag.